Hey, Chris Manning here for the Locked on Cavs podcast. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about Cavs wings because we're going to talk about 60-cent wings, basically Cavs wings that they have on affordable contracts that are still useful in some ways. But we're going to talk about how they can improve and also set the stage for why this is going to be an important thing for the Cavs going into next season. That is all coming up today on Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot yes. is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that hardened pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for yeah. Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. What is up, everyone? I'm Chris Manning, the, one of the co-hosts of Locked on Cavs. Joining me, as always, is my partner in crime, the man who thought this wonderful summer league hat was a big dog brand hat like I was a 65-year-old man. It's Evan Damerel. Evan, how are you? Good, Ben. Hey, full full disclosure, I ran Husky as a child, so I wore Same. big dog as a kid. So it's a very of of its time. Like You grew up a 90s kid, if you know what big dog is, if you know what the big dog stores were at the mall where they had the giant dog house in the middle of it that was also a fitting room, I think. Uh, I'm just having a little bit of like nostalgia thinking about it. But Chris, it's technically Wednesday, and um, I'm going to ask you this question, as always, because it's gonna, it's Wing Wednesday for most, uh, and I don't think it is at B-dubs. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays there, but are you a boneless or a boned-in guy? Bone-in. Oh, I, I'm... I don't. I don't go either way. But if I had to pick, I prefer both. I I'm not a snob either, but I prefer boneless because I don't like my hands and face feeling messy every time I have to eat one. I'd rather just enjoy my dinner and not look like a total slob, because I already look like a total slob before sweat block. But you'll hear more about them later on in the show. But it's Wednesday, and we're talking wings about the Cavs, uh, 60-cent wings, if you will, and we're lumping Isaac Okoro into this one just because he's on a rookie-scale contract, so he's technically cheap, but the Cavs might have to co in the market for some cheap wings, but they might already have some on the roster to begin with, so Chris, I kind of already teed off where you hit the ball, so Isaac Okoro. Well, well, well let's, let's, let's... How do you feel turn, about let, Let's, let's just turn back. Let's, let's just hit reverse for like one second. If you're joining us for the first the sauce. time, we just have a hot wing. Yeah, the the wing has been like is being prepared, right? Like we we've we've, yeah. we've acquired the meat here, um, and now we've set the stage. But if you're joining us for the first time, we're locked on Cavs daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, three days a week right now in the off season. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube and you're saying who are these guys, I'm I run for the uh, with Evan, the SB Nation's Cavs site. I also write at places like Dime Magazine, Cleveland Magazine, I've written places like Vice as well in the past. Uh, you can find my Twitter handle right there, it's CWM Writes. Well, it's more like there. And then uh, Evan, just in case people are not familiar with who you are and why you uh, you know why you have this nice looking apartment behind you, what's your bona fides? Well, I cover the Cavs for Redacted. More about that on 
Thursday, actually, be paying attention to that. I'll have some big news to drop about that soon. But other than that, like Chris said, I run the show with him at Fear the Sword. We have an excellent team of writers where we talk about the Cavs, and Chris lets me use it as my personal sounding board for my frustrations. Uh, I used to be with Forbes that I think Chris has taken over for me there. Oh, at this yeah, point, I kind of actually forgot. I, I also do write it. I write it for me. I like money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, we both do. That's why we the first septillion. We've got up a whole million at this point or something like that. A set, we, we, we're, we're a wealthy podcast. But, yeah, the nice backdrop. This is my new digs. But, yeah, I'm Evan Dammer. You can find me on Twitter. I'm not Evan. You may know me as the guy who hates Colin Sexton. That is nothing further from the truth um i love colin quite a bit i think he's a fun player and he's the most dynamic player in cleveland's young core at the moment but enough about that chris let's mm-hmm. toss the wings and some sauce what what flavor sauce should we give isaac okoro i'm feeling like i'm feeling like something's something a little bit of a bite to it like you think it's like subtly smooth at first and then it just hits you and you start getting the, the the sweats you start regretting your decision your tongue feels like it's blistering up i don't know if i was sean well, evans wait, right now i'd probably have like a nice spread are you of not, sauce are you not are us. you not like are you not like a hot sauce guy i'm no, full disclosure i'm a total weenie when it comes to hot food oh i, I just i just put a life. bunch of I, hot sauce i yeah i put a bunch of hot sauce just um i didn't know that i just ate the before we started recording because i i love a nice hot sauce so like when you say hot food and you're talking about like a wing you regret eating i'm thinking like that's enjoyable. Like I like a nice like Caribbean jerk, right? Like I like a little like if we're talking like beat up oh. I like a little Asian zing. You know what I mean? Like I like a little heat Those on my wings. Hot, th- hot to be. I'm talking about yeah, mango but- habanero. I regretted oh, getting yeah, mango I- habanero at beat ups once. I my mouth just didn't enjoy it at all. I started coughing and sweating the whole time I was eating it. Yeah, but I powered through because yeah, I yeah. paid for those 10 wings and damn it, I'm going to eat them because I'm not going to take them home and reheat them because I don't want to put myself through it a second time. Right. So I would say Isaac is kind of like uh, kind of like something a little above, like maybe like a spicy barbecue of some kind, right? Like kind of like a standard kind of like a kind of a basic kind of thing on the surface, but has a little more to it than you would think. And I say this as someone who is like probably higher on Isaac Okoro. Than, I, I think out of like anyone that we talked to about the Cavs, I might be the highest on Isaac Okoro. I, I don't know if we've ever like actually had this sort of discussion, but I tend to think that I am I'm outrageously high on him because I think his defense is already incredible. Like I, you know, you can look at like him getting scored on people say like, Oh, like the, the numbers, whatever. I'm all defense is very hard to gauge by metrics. Isaac is a defender that I think is already defending high level guys at, an, at a very good level. He's really, really strong. He's added muscle. He's really skilled. He's tenacious. He's got that short term memory where this stuff is not really like sticking to him. Like if he, if he gets scored on, like he is not going into a hole, like he's going to come back and come back at you. He's one of those defenders that attacks guys. He, I think in summer league, it wasn't like blowing the doors off impressive. I, I don't think he was, you know, like like a flashing like a whole other level on the offensive end. Um, you probably left a little underwhelmed in that regard, but I, he showed some stuff as a cutter. He showed some stuff as a guy that can slash. He's just to me like a prototypical modern, really interesting wing player. I love Isaac Cahor. I think you know maybe in theory you would have liked to get a, a guy who could shoot a little more, be- a little better this off season. You could have hoped that. Maybe his three-point stroke isn't where he wanted to be. I think that's a very fair concern. It's going to define what his ceiling is as a player in a lot of ways. But I think he's really, really good. I, I am absolutely like all in on Okoro on, on every front. I, I think that guy is potentially just uh, an incredible player. 
Before I give my thoughts on Isaac, are you as high on Isaac Okoro as Justin Rowan is on Darius Garland? No, because no one is no one is as high on anything as Justin Justin Rowan is on the Cavs player he currently likes at the most at the moment. Justin Rowan is high on his own supply, and his supply is the Cleveland Cavaliers for little, sure. Little little but, uh, little NFT action for my boy, you know. Yeah, just a little bit of something something there. But I I agree with you with Isaac. I think talking to you on a day-to-day basis doing this show five days a week um good plug my episode my episode count is uh is growing quite a bit and we talk the calves 24 7 365 we're planning prepping episodes as often as we can so you've sold me on isaac quite a bit because i know like big wings who play defense provide some form of playmaking who have a little bit of twitchiness to them and a lot of upside of like long wingspans like isaac like they do something to you and they do something for you um Isaac, I think, in a vacuum is a really good player. And I also just like this fit with Cleveland. I've always been high on him when he was when the Cleveland had when Cleveland had the fifth pick in the 2020 draft. I think I penciled in Isaac Okoro as my odds on favorite. I know a lot of people were clamoring for Obi Toppin and there's a lot of Obi Toppin smoke at the time, but I felt a little validated when it kind of more or less turned out that Isaac was always Cleveland's guy, especially because he's JB's guy. But like his defense as a rookie was so impressive. And all things considered, you got to look at the gauntlet he's gone through. Like, he's defended James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis Adenokounmpo, Luka Doncic. Uh, he spent so much time defending so many talented wing players in this league that he, he, he plays hard. Yeah, like you said, like the offensive counting stats necessarily aren't there, but there's a lot of potential as well. He's hesitant to take threes, but I think that's starting to get better. He's looking more confident, and I know... I wrote this long piece about Evan Mobley not taking too much stock from counting stats in Summer League. And, like, yeah, Isaacs are pretty similar to last year's, but there's a different vibe to his game when you watch him between now and then just playing these exhibition games in Vegas. Like, I'm really high on his upside. I I know people ask JJ Outlaw, is he a two? Is he a three? And I liked JJ's answer when he said he's just a basketball player. I think Isaac has a little bit of that switchability and fluidity at his position where he can play two, three. He can play like he could be the third string point guard, possibly fourth string point guard for Cleveland. Well, well, notably he can defend once is the thing here, right? Like yeah, notably Isaac, Isaac is going to be able to defend once. You can see him de- if if the Cavs are in a position where like they're playing a team whose whose best creator on the other team is a point guard, you can say Isaac, you go defend him, mm-hmm. and then if there's just if there's not guys that you're super worried about their playmaking ability, hey Darius, you can go hide over here, Colin, you can go hide over here. I think just the ultimate the question. I think it really just comes down to his three point shooting. It just yeah. that is that is his viability. If he's going to be max potential guy, like not I'm not saying max contract. I'm saying like hit his, his max potential, it's whatever apex. you want to define that is. He's going to need to get to like at least like league average three point shooting. And oh yeah. I, and I also think like it, the other thing to watch for him this year, if we're saying like I think when we talk about Dylan Windler, when we talk about Jerry Osmond, there's improvement stuff we're going to talk about. The other thing I would really watch with Isaac is not necessarily his handle, like when he's running a pick and roll, but when he's attacking closeouts. There is so much potential for Isaac to get easy buckets and like power his way to like eight, ten, twelve points on a given night. Because he is so strong and has such a good first step that if his handle is tight and he can attack a sloppy closeout and then crush a dunk on a, on an unsuspecting big who's rotating late, that is a, a legitimate skill he has. You saw him do it last year, Junikola Jokic, uh, the league's freaking MVP, who's like a better defensive player than I think people realize. He did it in summer league. It's like a thing that he has in his bag. And even if he's not ever going to do like 
the the most crazy stuff in the world like on offense like i think he there's a path to him to being a really useful offensive player i mean i i, I i'm thinking about like the Cavs players that are gonna i think potentially dictate the season in a lot of ways next year i think darius is the clear one i think isaac might be two for me in that i think i think i think he is it's either two or three this next season is all about the young core and Evan Mobley obviously is going to have a lot of say in what goes on. And I don't want to discount Colin Sexton either. But in the this preliminary list that I that I have made, I think Isaac is two for me. Who do you have at three before I can uh, probably prob- probably Mobley just because like I think like high pick expectations. Colin, I just kind of feel like I know what he is, and like maybe it's another leap and changes some of this. But I I, I think we're going to be paying a lot of attention to Mobley. And that's just, and this is also in context of like I think the Cavs are still trying to figure out what they are and what their identity is. And Okoro is a guy that like can't, it's still I think more malleable in ways that we don't fully understand. And Darius is just going to have an opportunity to like do a lot of stuff that's going to be really interesting. So no, I think I, I agree with too. you. Okay, so I'm going to have him at three, but I agree with your thought process. Where I I have Darius Darius as a clear cut one because. Yep. He built upon a lot of that momentum in his rookie season where he showed flashes of potential. Now I need to see him stay consistently healthy and show me that this is sustainable. So there's a lot of factors going into Darius, a lot of like variables and questions. Um, Evan Mobley, for me, I think is just his upside is so incredible that I want to see what the Cavs have with him because I wrote about this in my piece for Fear the Sword today. Like He has such a strong foundation of just so many interesting wrinkles and assets and abilities to his game that I'm intrigued to see what happens. And ditto for Isaac. Like The playmaking development towards the end of last season was an interesting thing. And I think the Cavs kind of playing to the strengths of that and trying to encourage that in summer league and also encourage him as a shooter is something I really want to see more of. Uh, Colin could really skyrocket up this list if he changes his shot profile dramatically where you wrote about this for a while ago and I wrote about this in his player review where Colin's offense would be a lot easier if he takes more threes and if he does that and he takes more threes than he does twos and he just kind of changes his shot profile and diet like that he would skyrocket up the list for me in terms of just intrigue but at the same time like he said until he does that we know what he is. And then Jared Allen, we know what he is at this point. They're paying him this money. But, yeah, uh, before we go to the break, though, do you think Isaac can defend for his long term? Um, it's a yes or no he, question. Yeah, yeah. If he had strength, I, I think that, that's the caveat. If he if he become if he's, like, as strong as I think he is, then yes. Yeah, he's really going to have opponents sweating on the offensive oh side goodness. of the ball when Isaac is locking them on defense. And if they, not, if they don't want to show their fear in the eyes of Isaac Okoro – they might want to use today's sponsor, Sweatblock. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that are just not fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason? It's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this. When I speak in public or record a podcast or plug in my phone with the sound on, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now, listen, I know this isn't life and death and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, a first date, or God forbid, the number one Cleveland Cavaliers podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to us now. Smash I'd much not that rather subscribe button. Hit that notification bell, and I'd much rather not worry about that or excessive sweating, so that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. 
I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pinning out, no more picking my shirts on based on what will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock or recommend it to them. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon or CVS. But you can only get the 20% off deal at sweatblock.com using promo code LOCKEDON. I checked today because they sent us a little sample. I'm loving it so much that I'm just going to start stocking my medicine cabinet with Sweatblock because as a sweaty guy, I just can't even anymore and it's just too good to be true. I also want to tell you about our friends at Theragun. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension with a simple percussive blast. It is scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle ten- treat your muscle tension from working out an injury that you're dealing with is bothering you, or just the stress of everyday life getting you down, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid. Evan, what league does Real Madrid play in? La Liga. There we go. Elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Because I'm obviously podcasting full contact sport. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on. That is all one word right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. Evan, let's go to let's go to Jetty Osmond next. Real quick, though, when you said clearly, like, look at me, I'm a podcast host. All I could think of is my text to you and you said you were going to be a little late because of dinner because your wife made you switch the grain mid like meal prep. And I'm like, does she know what we have to mm-hmm. deal with on a day to day basis? It just made me chuckle. To my, that's why I bit my tongue while you're writing the ad, reading the ad reads and you want people to hear me go like excessively snort into the microphone. But yeah, let's talk about Jetty. Uh, the weirdest so, well, thing on well, I, roster. Well, yeah, so let me ask you this: What do you? Where are you just at on Jetty right now? Because he comes off a very bizarre season last year, very inconsistent, bench for a while, but he's on the he's on an extension. Like it's it's like his value is certainly I think lower than what he's going to be making next season. Um, I think this yeah. is the last year before there's a non guarantee. Um, I, I guess where you, you where, yeah well no you got to talk now where do, where are you at on Jetty? Well, this is not the last year of Jetty's non-guarantee. The last year of his contract where it's non-guaranteed is the 2023-24 season. So we have a little bit longer the Jetty Osmond experience. But yeah, he's other than, I mean, Colin Sexton's mercurial with the fan base, but Jetty Osmond, I think, is mercurial with the coaching staff and organization because in theory, what he provides should be good for the team. It's just he believes he should be a gunner when he comes off the bench for Cleveland where he's just firing away from three and we talked about this in the beginning of last season where we did player reviews and hit hit we'll be doing a little bit more of those leading up to training camp but Jetty has peaks and valleys where like you'd see him have a very good game or maybe two or three very good games and very good in Jetty Osmond standards is 
double-digit points on efficient shooting, some assists, some rebounds, maybe a little bit of good defense, and you just ask for that, and you move on. And then he has valleys where he goes over six from three, but he keeps shooting it like Dion Waiters would. It's stuff like that where it's really concerning, and you start to say, like, okay, I think the Cavs need to kind of pull the hook on him, and I think having Isaac Okoro adds the luxury where they don't need to lean on Jetty so much. So, like, I think what we really saw the year before Isaac's rookie season was – Jetty Osmond is not a player you can expect to play 30 minutes a night for you consistently at small forward because he can absolutely crater your chances of getting into a game or he can shoot you out of a game as well. And we ran into some problems like that this season because Jetty was playing more with Isaac out. He was asked to play the four, which I still disagree with. I think they tried to play him at point guard a little bit, which was a weird development, and they experimented, and I don't think it worked, but... I just think for Jetty to really be a consistent part of this rotation, and I know this is probably going to make some Cavs fans moan, but I think he's going to be a consistent part of this rotation unless Cleveland suddenly gets a a wing upgrade, and I don't think they're going to be able to use Jetty as a trade asset because he was their bargaining ship with the New Orleans Pelicans to try and acquire Josh Hart, and the Pelicans had no interest in acquiring Jetty Osmond because of how bad he was at times last season. Like He's tanked his trade value. Well, this is the thing. I don't know, man. Yeah. Here's the thing. I can understand, like, from an empathy, from me, I'm trying to empathize with Jetty a little bit. He uh, comes in in 2017, 18, 22. Obviously, bench guy doesn't play a ton, just kind of an energy wing, right? Then the next two seasons, he starts all but one game. He plays about 30 minutes a night both seasons. He's got a pretty big role, and he plays pretty well. So 2018-19, age 23 season, shoots 42.7% from the field, which isn't great. Shot about league average from three. The next season, shot about 43%, 44% from the field, right around there. 38.3% on three-point attempts, which was uh, on the same volume per game. Last year, for whatever reason, his numbers cratered. He obviously didn't start. Uh, started 26 of the 59 games he appeared in. Shot 37.4% from the field overall. 30.6 on 5% from three on five and a half attempts per game. Assist and turnover numbers stayed about the same. Def- I think the defensive energy was not quite there where you'd want it to be. I think I, I, the thing about Jetty is I can understand how you gave him the contract that you did. I think even at the time, I was surprised he has a non-guarantee in it. It didn't really make sense to me that he would, him and his camp would agree to basically just make some like this like tradable, dumpable contract at the end of it if, if it comes to that. The Cavs are also in a position where, like, you have to try and rehabilitate him. You don't have the money or the the means to go out and get a big improvement here, right? Like, you just don't. Maybe you can aggregate his salary into a trade you make down the line. I, I think that is certainly something that, if I'm Kobe Allman, I would expect that he would try to do. It's just that is not... It, he's kind of dead money at this point. You have to be the, the team that kind of rehabilitates him to give him a chance. The, the thing is with Jetty, that if you're the Cavs, you have to look at him and look at his 2019-20 season and say, okay, is there a player there that we can get back to in some way? Like, is there is this is this fully broken? Where like what he was last year is is what he is? I don't believe that's really the case. I think there were some attitude issues. Um, I think there were some buy-in issues. I think on the defensive end, I think clearly like was not vibing with JB Bickerstaff. I think there there was some some annoyance from other teammates with how much he was shooting. I think there is just a guy there where you think that you don't have a ton of other options. You need a guy to do some secondary playmaking. You need a guy to do some some three-point shooting, which he did well two years ago and the year before, and, and historically has been an okay catch-and-shoot guy. He's much better as just a catch-and-shoot slashing secondary playmaker guy, which is largely like like 
kind of what he does with the Turkish national team where he's been like awesome, right? Like he's been absolutely incredible with the Turkish national team for, for large stretches. Like there's a useful player there. I, I tend to think that if you're looking at like the, the non Okora wing option, so we're looking at like Windler, um, Jetty, Lamar Stevens, maybe like there's a Broderick Thomas or like a Matt Ryan somewhere in there. Falcons quarterback, Matt Ryan. <laughs> I tend to think that if there's a guy that I can talk myself into actually like figuring it out in some way, it might be Jetty Osmond. And that might be totally wrong. I am fully prepared to be wrong. But it's just like none of these guys have actually shown you enough. And he has at least had like actual good NBA minutes before. And again, if you're the Cavs and you're and you're you're looking for wings on 60 cent win night and you're trying to make just like something tastes good. Like if the salt, like you got the wrong, like you got like, you were just, you wanted like a nice Parmesan garlic and they gave you like spicy garlic instead. And you're a little like upset about it, but you got to make it work. Jetty is the it's, guy. Where it's me ordering it because I can't handle spice. Yeah. And I'm oh, just like, God. but I'm too polite to say something to the wait staff. So I just too, too very it. mid, very Midwest of you, buddy. But yeah. like Jetty, Jetty is the guy that you can look at him and say like, there has been a useful NBA player here before it got lost last year. We got to like find it. And you have motivation because you don't have any other options. You have to try is the thing. You are dead on, I think, in saying that like you have to try. If you're rounding out the rotation for next year. So like I think Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Mobley, Nance, uh, Jared Allen, obviously, Ricky Rubio are like sort of like your locks. Kevin Love is in his own like little like no, like, no space, you know, like he's just in his own little like. so far. Right, so right. Say, we can count. I'd we can Kevin count. Yes. Okay, let's say it's eight. You have so many wing minutes you need to fill, and your options are like Dylan Windler, uh, we'll Jetty Osmond, and Lamar, Ste- and Lamar Stevens. Like, those are your options. Jetty, you have to try them. And Jetty, I think, is probably going to get first crack because he's a little older, and he, like, is being paid, mo- well, he's being paid actual money is the thing. Yeah. Dylan Windler is making, like, $2 million. Lamar Stevens' contract is not guaranteed and up to uh, before a certain date. Jetty Osmond is, like, locked into lots of money the next two seasons. Yep, and I think if you put Truth Serum in the Cavaliers, especially J.B. Bickerstaff, he wants Jetty to play the fundamentals. He doesn't want him to be a gunner from the perimeter. And J.B.'s made it clear his coaching mantra is if you play hard and you don't, I, I, I would, I'm just putting this in my words, actively harm the team, you'll get minutes. And I think Jetty plays hard, but I think those eighth, ninth man minutes are an ideal spot for him because then also if he starts to self-combust on the court, you can pull the hook and maybe put in a Kevin Love or a Lamar Stevens to sop up those minutes that Jetty might be getting as the eighth man because JB goes eight or nine deep on his bench some nights. So, and it's yeah, it, well, and I, I think it's like it's like nine or ten in the regular season and the playoff rotation where you get down eight or nine is a whole other thing. That's true. So, at the end of the day, there's certain players that are guaranteed minutes, and Chris laid them all out. And I think there is some fluidity with like a Coro and Nance in that three spot, but you do need some type of spacing and i think jetty theoretically provides that yeah he's gonna gun it sometimes from three and i think that's when you pull the hook and maybe you just kind of keep him on a short leash next season and you slowly regain trust with the coaches and the coaching staff in general mostly jb and you just slowly roll things out and figure it out from there but i think Cavs fans are going to be upset for the wrong reasons that jetty Austin's playing it's almost out of necessity at this point because teams or fans want the Cavs to trade Jetty to get something of value. The Cavs can only get something of value if Jetty Osmond goes out there and proves that he's a fundamentally better player than he was last season. And that's just kind of where we're at right now. 
Yep. All right, Evan, we got to take another break here, uh, diving into our little ad sp our sponsors and whatnot. And I'm going to tell everyone about our friends at Built Bar. Right now, Evan, I don't know if you know this, Built Bar is having a sale. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I learned about, I got an email about this today. I used our, our code LOCK15 and uh, the the sale they're selling boxes for for like eight nine dollars off it's their factory sale you can get grasshopper cookie peanut butter brownie oh. raspberry wall supplies last it's like oh. birthday cake was already sold out like it, there's a ton of great stuff you can go stock up right now and look there's a ton of great delicious built bar flavors mint brownie salted caramel strawberry cookies and cream orange german chocolate you can't really go wrong and if you want to if you want to just try built bars and you haven't yet there's a mix box you can get two of each of the nine flavors and I guarantee you're gonna like at least eight of them, if not all nine. Remember, not only are Bilt Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. Look, 17 aging grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get that grasshopper cookie, that cookies and cream, an Evan Dameral staple, an absolute staple over there, orange or whatever it is you like. Bilt.com excuse me, Bilt Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. It's even on the labels now, it's pretty cool. Go to Bilt.com. Did, did you see what they did for the BYU, for BYU football? It was super Heck cool. yeah, I did. Heck yeah, I did. Paying for some walk-ons, you love to see it. With an NIL, you love to see it. NIL, doing good stuff. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is also sponsored by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to a championship. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Evan, let's just wrap on Dylan Wilner. We've talked about him a little bit. Um, obviously, has it been a really tough start for him at, at you know, came in the same year as Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr. Um, was picked out of Belmont. Has not totally worked due to injury. Um, looked a little bit lost a lot of the time last year. I guess I'm just wondering what wh what do you think is what do you think is the path to rehabilitate Dylan Wilner? Um, similar to the Jetty Osmond path, I guess, where you kind of okay. see what you have with him if you can give him. If you're doing 10, 11 man rotations, Dylan is your tenth, eleventh man, just to see what he provides in terms of yeah he's played defense i think the rebounding numbers at belmont still jump out i think that translates to the next level um he's a bigger bodied wing i know he's super frail and thin but he has a big frame to begin with he just needs to fill into it um you slowly bring him along you acclimate him maybe you rehabilitate him with the cleveland charge a little bit too if you're not able to find him minutes or he's just you know not healthy but also just try and utilize him better offensively i think 
you and I both, our biggest frustration with Dylan last season is how J.B. Bickerstaff utilized him. I think you need to find him more looks from the perimeter, more looks that are easier for him in terms of just shots because he was known as a shooter coming out of Belmont, and J.B. was using him more as a slasher and a creator in that role, and I'm like, yeah, I guess, but you're not playing to the strengths of this player here. Like, theoretically, Dylan Wendler is supposed to be able to shoot the rock, and he did shoot it at times. He had a, career, a few career good moments with him where I'm like, okay, maybe the Cavs have something here, but he just, one, see if he's healthy, two, bring him along slowly because you need to get him actual NBA minutes because there's only so much he can do in practice, and three, find better looks for him on the perimeter. Maybe that's hiring an offensive coordinator, but you need to better utilize a player like Dylan Windler who has the ability to stroke it from deep. Yeah, I, I think with Dylan, I think there's a confidence issue too. I never felt like he oh, looked really comfortable too. when he came back last year. Like I never felt like he looked totally set right when he came back. That was just a real problem for him. And I, I don't I don't well, know like enough about him personally to like say like how you fix it. I think that's just that that's a test for JB. That is a test for JJ Allah. That is a test for the whole coaching staff and organization. Again, because like you're in a position as a franchise where like you didn't have the money to just go buy your upgrade. Um, some, someone was like tweeting. I saw some tweets like being like wondering, okay, if the, if the, if the Cavs are owned by more of like a, a Cleveland baseball team style ownership where like they were maybe a little cheap, but they were really good at identifying prospects and developing them. Could you be better off in some way? And I, th- I do think the Cavs, as they move into the next portion of their of their existence, that's the kind of thing you have to do. And maybe that means you hold on to like a guy like Windler, like to the end of his rookie contract, but maybe it's kind of clear he's not going to work out. Which, again, like late first round picks are, are often just not going to work out. It's just the reality of, of the draft. But mm-hmm. I think, like, I kind of think like you have to try to, to figure him out. And I would expect the rotation at the beginning of the year to include him and Jetty because you need minutes at the wing. I don't think you want to be playing Isaac like 35 minutes a night for like the, like, like like that right away right like you have these concerns i, I kind of think you just gotta like roll with it and you know see if you can rebuild him and and i th- I wonder if the cleveland charge w- could be an option but i also think okay it's year three do you and you maybe need him to play minutes like i mean could you send him down there just to like get some games under him like could you is that a thing they would consider i think that's interesting i think him i tend to think that in a in a more normal last two seasons for him and i think this applies to lamar stevens i think this applies to a lot of guys that were just like on the edge of the roster at around last season because the Cavs needed bodies around in case like the team got hit with a bunch of covid outbreaks um I tend to think that some G League time would have been good for a lot of these guys. I just think it is an underutilized resource. And I think like we're probably we're still a ways away from it being fully like actualized as like a real developmental thing. But I think it's a thing if the, if the Cavs are thinking how, what is it? What is an advantage we can create like that? That is one you have to, I think fully embrace and Windler in, in theory could have really benefited from that. But now what's, I think it's, I think for him, it's it's put up or shut up time. It differentiates him from Okoro and Osmond because Jetty has already got his contract. Like he's he's already made a bunch of money, and like if the NBA thing to work out for him after this season and next, whether it's in Cleveland or elsewhere, like he can probably go back to Turkey and like have a nice and make a bunch of money playing playing yeah. back in Turkey or something. Like that that wouldn't stru- stru- shock me if like that's what he wants to do. Uh, I I think with with Okoro, he's like obviously shown a lot as a rookie and like looks to be a cog of the team going forward, at least in some capacity. Windler, like it's brutal, but it's just like it hasn't happened yet. And you, it has to happen now or it might not ever. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And like you said, it's it's put up or shut up time. And we just kind of have to see what kind of player we have at this point. And hopefully his body is just agreeable. And like you said, 
there is the mental aspect of just these injuries taking their constant tolls on him or like setback after setback and you start thinking is this worth it at this point to like constantly build myself back up just to see myself get hurt again um so it's there's not much to say about dylan Windler at this point like it's just you we have to see what you have with him and if it doesn't like he should not be in the team's primary focus and plans going forward like i know fans like to talk about the the core four was the thing and then mobley ruined that nickname pretty quickly so the core young foundation that the Cavs have built dylan windler is not a part of those plans he's either a trade asset or he is something the Cavs could try and rehabilitate and work with and maybe provide something with but at this point you just have to assume because he isn't reliable health-wise to be there consistently that he isn't just going to be there for the Cavs and you hope for the best, but temper your expectations a little bit. Uh, Evan, just give me a name here as we wrap up. Would you trust him or Lamar Stevens more next season? Lamar Stevens. Three-point shooting-wise, it's going to be brutal for Lamar, but Lamar plays yeah. defense and he's a big-bodied wing, and I think – that intrigues me more right now than just Dylan Windler's ability to stay healthy. Actually, I have a last question for you. Who do you yeah, think hit me. the other two-way contract should go to? I think it should go to Matt Ryan at this point. Uh, well, technically, Broderick Tom- shooters. Yeah, it's Matt Ryan, but also technically, uh, they don't. They only. They don't have anyone signed to a two-way right now because oh, Broderick Thomas is. One? So oh. he's he's he. He was extended a qualifying offer, but they've not re-signed him to a two-way contract yet. Huh. Okay. Well. I think Matt Ryan should be one of the two-way options. Maybe we'll talk more about that later on. We have some we have some space to fill before training camp and have more stuff to sink our teeth yes. into. But I, Matt Ryan did some intriguing things to me during summer league where I'm saying, okay, bring him in the training camp, see if he can still shoot, let him play in the preseason, and if push comes to shove, sign him to a two-way and you keep him in Cleveland. Chandler Vaughn was originally my pick. There's still I still have no idea what's going on with his injury, but if yeah, it's no one does. altering it's a shame but like a six seven point guard who can play make a little bit like that intrigues the hell out of me and i don't think you'd let that walk away so easily you know right you, now, would you, by the way you know who told me they were a big uh rafael or sorry you know who told me i'm just gave it away but you know who told me they were a big chandler vaudrin fan i wouldn't rafael say big but like well. i said yeah he's like we're, i was asking about him and he's like yeah i actually think he might be good and i was like oh that sucks um yeah, he had zero athleticism and i think if he has an injury that impacts his athleticism his nba career is done yeah. Interesting stuff here on the wing uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Again, 60 cent wing night. That's a wrap on that. Uh, we'll talk about some more stuff on Friday, including Colin Sexton extension chatter and sort of what that might look like. Cap implications, all of that fun stuff here. Again, if you're watching us on YouTube, um, sorry for the little technical difficulty we had there. I figured it out as quickly as I could and it will not hopefully happen again in the future. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Evan, tell everyone what they should do to support us here on YouTube. If you are a YouTube viewer slash listener, thank you for checking us out. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. And make sure you have all notifications turned on so you know when every episode goes live. We're doing this three days a week right now. Monday, Wednesday, Friday's the goal. 10 a.m. is usually when we'll post the episodes. If it's a little late, my bad. I'm not perfect. But please give us a like. Hit that like button. Leave some comments, and we'll discuss with you using the Locked On Cavs account but if you were an audio listener like I said three days a week and for now five days a week coming around training camp in September or so five star reviews on Apple Podcasts are always appreciated we'll give you more shout outs as time goes on Spotify check us out anywhere check us out uh, we do Spotify green rooms every now and then we're everywhere at this point um, 
Like Ooh. Chris said at the top, I you can follow me on Twitter at Amnot Evan. You can follow him on Twitter at CWM Writes. The Locked On Cavs podcast account is suspended until further notice, so you'll be hearing from us directly. But yeah, oh, also, if we hit a thousand subscribers by next Monday, I got a lot of stuff here. I will buy you a Fro Ohio shirt from Breaking Tees. I should include an image of it, but it is a pretty nice t shirt that Chris and I actually had a hand in designing. Um, and yeah. If you be hit a thousand, and maybe we'll lower the goal depending on things, but we're already almost at a hundred. Nah, on nah, nah, nah. We're, oh, we're, we're shooting. We're, we're to the moon, buddy. To the moon. I mean, some of our excursions are too lavish for the gram to begin with. But until next time, go Cavs. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs>